0: Hello there. My name is Stuart Fernie, and I want to welcome you to my series of reflections on characters and themes in some of my favourite films. I will also present thoughts on a handful of literary works, and there may be the odd vaguely philosophical piece as well. On this occasion, I'll be discussing characters and themes in the 1975 film version of Ken Casey's book, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest concerning Randall Patrick McMurphy's efforts to do easy prison time in a mental institution where he leads other inmates in a series of rebellious acts, culminating in a showdown with the head nurse. For me, One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest is concerned principally with the place of the individual in society and the means by which certain elements of that society seek to impose order and exercise control sometimes at the expense of the individual's health, both physical and mental, but certainly at the expense of independence and freedom. The hospital of the book and film is society in microcosm, with the patients displaying or representing problems in coping with life and the pressures they feel in the exercise of their social functions. However, It also represents the ways, both discreet and quite indiscreet, in which society applies pressure on the individual to conform to what is regarded as the norm in terms of behaviour and attitude. An essential point to note is that the story is not concerned with so-called lunatics. These men have not lost their minds. They are simply having difficulty in coping with the problems and pressures thrown at them by society. As such, they inspire pathos, sympathy and compassion. More importantly still, we could all succumb to similar pressures and end up in a similar position. Behind the outwardly caring and helpful facade of mental health care lies a subtle and widespread attempt to enforce compliance and acceptance of authority. This is achieved not just through the clear manifestation of physical discipline and control, but also, and more effectively, through the use of therapy, in which the analysis of a problem not only assumes the very existence of, And responsibility for such a problem, but actually promotes and aggravates it as patients reflect and brood on their problems, doing nothing to diminish them and instead blowing them out of all proportion. Into this center comes Randall Patrick McMurphy, a highly sociable, free spirit who seems to offer an alternative to inward dwelling reflection in the form of socialization. He treats his fellow inmates as equals, is not judgmental beyond displaying human and perfectly understandable frustration accepting his new friends for what they are and offering them the chance to forget their problems or at least to keep them in proportion as he involves them in one defiant scheme after another. In contrast, Nurse Ratchet is a tool of society, used to exercise order and control. This she achieves less by direct confrontation and more by subtle means such as playing on and maintaining character weaknesses, undermining self-confidence and constantly rubbing salt in open wounds through therapy sessions the consequence of which is to maintain the malleability and suggestibility of her patients. She may represent any element of society which seeks to oppress or depress other elements, rather than being seen as the instrument of bureaucratic oppression. There are many who delight in the weaknesses of others, and who derive pleasure and strength from the torment they inflict. Nurse Ratchet and indeed the entire hospital, may be seen as representative of coercive and intolerant elements of society at large. Another message to come out of the film and the book is that we can change the structure of our society if we have the courage and determination to do so. R. P. McMurphy is one such determined man. He is a natural, highly sociable free spirit who challenges Nurse Ratchet's authority because he resents by instinct her frequently underhand tactics of maintaining authority. It's worth noting that it's not so much order itself he rejects, he may even see the necessity for some order but more the ways in which order is achieved, and perhaps the extremes to which she is prepared to go. His determination and actions reflect a relatively simple man who is just what he appears to be. He is open and has no side. He is mischievous and fun-seeking, yet he is thoughtful and sensitive to the condition and plight of his fellow inmates. When he acts, he acts by nature rather than by reflection. He fails to see the bigger picture, and certainly does not consider matters of principle. He acts simply according to his conscience and does what he feels is right. Harding and the others would perhaps like to be able to act in this way, but they have questioned themselves and doubted themselves to such an extent that they have lost confidence and can no longer function as normal members of society. McMurphy remains unfettered by such considerations and as such represents a considerable challenge to the domineering elements of society, though he himself fails to understand what he represents to both the hospital administration and his fellow inmates. It seems to me that McMurphy means and does no great harm, but he is a constant thorn in the side of the authorities, as he doesn't take life too seriously, while those around him, the authorities and the inmates, appear to have created problems for themselves exactly by taking life too seriously. Nurse Ratchet appears to be well-intentioned. She may even believe that in thwarting McMurphy's plans for change and various other schemes, She is acting for the greater good of her patients. However, as McMurphy's challenges become ever more dangerous, she shows her mettle and doesn't flinch from taking measures to ensure continued adherence to the rules. Indeed, it is only at the end that we see just how far she will go to enforce her authority, casting aside individual success and welfare merely in an effort to establish her own position. We don't feel that Nurse Ratched is warm and caring. She is polite and pleasant, but cold. This is a job she does well, but it remains that, a job. She fulfills her function and is very proud of her position of authority, pride which leads her to place her position above the well-being of her patients. So incensed is she at the undermining of her position that she ignores the clear progress made by Billy and sets about restoring her order, at the expense of Billy's improvement, indeed, of his life. The film has been accused of being morally unambiguous compared to the book. In the book, Casey cleverly used descriptions provided by the mentally ill chief to communicate atmosphere and a general sense of being lost and hopelessness. But McMurphy's arrival leads to clarity, hope and purpose. My recollection of the book is not one of any particular moral ambiguity. Indeed, the chief's fog implies disapproval of the system, though there may be more sympathy for and an attempt to understand Nurse Ratched. While in the film, her character is hardly explored, but is rather a sort of gauge by which to judge the more rigid and blinkered aspects of society. Nonetheless, both the book and the film are clearly travelling in the same direction, and the film script and performances may even have added greater humanity and sympathy than were present in the book. It has been suggested, and I have frequently thought, that McMurphy may almost be regarded as a Christ-like figure. He challenges the status quo and threatens to subvert authority. He cures the sick by inspiring confidence, the lack of which has caused most of the inmates' problems. His fellow inmates may be regarded as his disciples. He is betrayed by Billy, as Judas betrayed Jesus. There is also a Last Supper of sorts. McMurphy dies for others' sins, or at least in trying to help them overcome their sins. In death, McMurphy inspires the others to believe in themselves, and in something greater than the imposed status quo. Although McMurphy dies, it is nonetheless a spiritually uplifting ending. His spirit continues in the hearts and minds of his fellow inmates and the audience, especially the chief, who has grown in confidence enough to be able to escape and live his own life. In death, McMurphy's spirit and inspiration have developed well beyond any influence he might have been able to exercise as a patient. As far as the film is concerned, both the script and direction manage to mix humour pathos, tension, sociology and even to some extent religion. It had of course excellent base material by Ken Casey, but it was brilliantly brought to life and perhaps even clarified for some, though I can understand the various qualms expressed about the book to film adaptation with love and respect. The performances of the so-called lunatics are uniformly excellent and none more than that of Jack Nicholson as McMurphy. The producers of the film were on potentially dangerous ground given the context and content of the film. They could have easily fallen into sentimentality, or might have created a cold film about treatment of the mentally ill. As it is, our emotions are fully engaged without drifting into sentimentality, and we feel great sympathy and pathos for the characters. These characters could also quite easily have been sacrificed to the themes of the film but the script allows the themes to arise from the conflict between the characters, rather than have the characters illustrate the themes of the film. It would probably not have been too difficult to elicit sympathy through these characters, nor to make a hero of a rebel in an unfair regime. But to achieve this with humour, warmth, and above all in creating a depth of feeling and caring for these people, and a genuine sense of shock and loss when McMurphy is killed, is a marvellous achievement, and it is this emotional element for which all involved in the production should share credit, which elevates the material to the highest level. Our emotional engagement allows what could have been a dry or intellectual artistic exercise to evolve into a profoundly human tale of love, tolerance and understanding. I think the music, by Jack Nietzsche, deserves a most honourable mention. Not only does it underline emotion, it enhances it and even creates in itself an emotional response to a situation. I'm thinking particularly of The Chief's Escape, where the music captures loss, defiance, strength and nobility. My thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you found it of some value. Please join me again soon for a discussion of more films and books.